Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications connect to more gonna be every wednesday and we're excited for you we got a good show for you today if you're already listening on the radio you already know it's 1029 espn if you're already watching on tv you already know it's swx montana television if you want to find us online you can find us on youtube the youtube channel subscribe it's easy you can visualize see our pretty faces and if you want to find us on a live stream go to our station website 1029espn.com Click on the Listen Live tab. The stream's presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give us a call today, it's easy. 361-3688, 361-3688. It is a Wednesday, so we'll be giving away some wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. We don't have any time for trivia today, though, because we got a jam-packed show. I got a bunch of random questions I need to ask Sean because I'm wondering about his thoughts on a variety of things from across the Montana sporting world. We're also going to discuss... What we think are the, some of the dumbest rules in sports. T- Sean's been having a about a week-long Twitter debate on this. Uh, this is all stemming from the fumble out of the back of the end zone in the divisional round of the AFC playoffs. So we'll get into that. Um, we also have our good buddy Boris from the Grizzly Orienteering stopping by. We're going to learn more about orienteering. I only The only thing I know about orienteering is we learned how to do it when I was a freshman in high school. I was so bad at it that my science teacher left me up in Blue Mountain. He then returned to get me. Uh, but I never returned to the sport. But it seems like it's a great sport. Talked to Boris earlier today, and, and he was saying that uh, it's a good way to get out and have a sort of an adventure, learn about nature, be in nature, and maybe even find new ways to explore places that you already know, places like Paddy Canyon, Blue Mountain, and all the other great places in Missoula that we know and love. 
End of the first hour, we're going to hear from Rob Henthorne. He's the head coach for the Missoula Hellgate girls basketball team. They're number one in the state. They had a great year a year ago with a bunch of young players on their roster, and they still only have one senior. So this is a team that's really building uh, in a in an optimistic way. And uh, so we'll get Coach Henthorne on the line, learn a little bit more about his top-ranked Knights. Second hour, got a great ESPN roundtable for you. Xavier Bishop, he's a... Uh, Native of Springfield, Illinois, he spent the first four years of his career at the University of Missouri, Kansas City, and then he went out on a limb and he decided to transfer to Montana State. He sat out last year, uh, basically with Harold Frey running the show for the Bobcats. But Bishop's been one of the best newcomers in the Big Sky. He's averaging about sixteen and a half points per game, and he's got the Cats. He's been a catalyst to the Cats starting four and zero in Big Sky Conference play. So we'll hear from him. Plus, in an interesting little fold. His dad played football for the Grizz once upon a time. So that, that's a pretty interesting one. Actually finished up his his career, uh, some a school in the South, I believe Arkansas State, but he did start his career at the University of Montana. So that's a little funny uh, tidbit for you. And then, of course, we got to talk NFL. We're going to talk NFL coaching hires, uh, good, the bad, the ugly, as well as conference title games as well, maybe even get some picks from the main man, John Rainey. What's up, dude? How you doing? How you living? I'm doing great. How you doing? Good, man. It's uh, it's it's great to have consistency around here. If you haven't been paying attention, Riley Corcoran sitting in the chair Mondays and Tuesdays. Sean Rainey right here every Wednesday. Thursdays debuted a new fun segment last week around the big sky in women's hoops with Krista Redpath. So we'll have Krista join us for about an hour last week, but uh, it'll be about a 15 to 20 minute segment most Thursdays from here on out. So Krista will be here tomorrow. And then we're also going to hear from a bunch of coaches tomorrow too. Danny Sprinkle making his weekly appearance as well as Mike Petrino, Lady Grizz. Finally, finally, finally hosting a Big Sky home game. It seems like it's been months into the season and they haven't had a Big Sky home game. So Lady Grizz at home uh, this week against Sacramento State. So we'll get into it with Coach Petrino as well. Uh, But I have a bunch of questions to ask Sean. I mean, obviously, Sean and I, we work closely together. We're good colleagues and we're also good buddies. So we talk about this stuff all the time. But I haven't actually asked you about any of this stuff on the radio. So first and foremost, I think people around Montana know by now that you are a big-time San Diego-slash-Los Angeles Chargers fan. I know you don't like that they're in L.A., but I think everybody knows that you're a big Chargers guy. You're from that neck of the woods. But today, the big news in the NFL outside of the championship games, outside of Patrick Mahomes' health, was Phillip Rivers retiring. So, I mean, just your basic reaction to a guy that I think that you probably spent a lot of your life watching play quarterback for the Chargers. Yeah, it was kind of two emotions that kind of came over me. And as you kind of scroll through Twitter and see the reactions from other people with him retiring, one, um, I laughed a lot today because everyone was um, sending out all of his trash talk mic'd ups all over Twitter and and social media. And he is, uh, you know, probably the best, like, fun trash talker in NFL history, maybe. I mean, there's been a lot of good trash talkers, but they've been like, like serious trash talkers, like, and, right. and he's serious, but he just does it in such a funny way because he doesn't curse, he doesn't curse, and he just, you know, such an interesting guy. To me, it's Philip Rivers and John Randall. Yeah. Those are the two guys that are the best trash talkers because they both distinctly different. But you're right, Philip keeps it clean. He's so emotional, but he's uh, golly gee willikers, you know. Yeah. And then John Randall just played this part. He was like almost a professional wrestler. He's like trying to make people think he was actually psychotic. Yeah. Yeah, I saw like, you know, Philip was like, man, that really boils my stew and like things like that. Like he just says like hurts of ridiculous things. And then the other one was just kind of sadness. Like, you know, obviously it's it's a little emotional and sad when like a player that you grew up like loving and enjoyed watching play, you know, calls it quits. But also sad for him because, and I think a lot of 
non-Chargers fans will blame Phillip Rivers for a lot of their shortcomings as an organization, as a franchise. But I think a lot of Chargers fans and diehard Chargers fans that watch him all the time will put that on on ownership and on the franchise as a whole and bad luck. Bad luck. Like, it really, it really he had is it for the Colts. Here. Like, Blankenship has been awesome as a kicker all year long, and then he misses kicks in the playoffs. Like, and that is something that has always happened with it was the Chargers. Nate Kading was the most accurate kicker in NFL history entering the playoffs, and then he just started shanking all of them, and then they lost. And so, like, and he said, you know, when they were 14 and two against the Patriots, they get a game winning interception, and the DB tries to run it back instead of just sitting down and then he fumbles and the Patriots get it and they go and win. And that was by far the Chargers' best team. So it's just sadness for him that he never got to play in a Super Bowl um, because he certainly deserved it. I, I think obviously that he's better than a lot, what a lot of people say. I've seen a lot of people um, arguing that he's not a Hall of Famer, things like that. Get out of here. 63,440 I mean, yards, 421 touchdowns. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and I know, like, you know, some people are like, well, he just played a lot, and those are just counting stats. It's like, you you hear this, the phrase, like, your best ability is your availability. Sure. I mean, he never missed a game since he started. He played in every single game, including every one with a torn ACL. Game. Like, he didn't miss a single start. Uh, from 2006, when he first broke into the starting lineup, through 2020, he played every single game, started 16 games every single year. During that time, then... When you're talking about um, that's 14 seasons, he had 10 winning records and made it to the playoffs. I think uh, count him up quick seven times. So to say that he's not a winner, he's just not a winner on the level of Tom Brady. But that doesn't mean that he's not a winner. I mean, he's he's been in the playoffs well, yeah, and he was stuck, and he was stuck with having to go against right a Peyton Manning and a Tom Brady during the prime years of his career. Like, and that's just kind of unfortunate. So him, here's you know? the best. Th- th- it's so easy to forget because it was a long time ago. Philip Rivers was part of one of the greatest draft day dramas and heists that's ever occurred. The the Manning family basically held the Chargers hostage because they want Eli Manning to play in New York. And Philip Rivers is kind of the guy that's stuck in the middle of it. And he goes to the Chargers, and I don't think he probably cared. He probably would have played for either one. But it's just so interesting because then Eli gets to play for Tom Coughlin. He gets to play that's with this. I know. That's he gets what I'm to play saying. with this defense. And Eli Manning. I think everybody would agree is going to go to the Hall of Fame, regardless if you think he should or not. And he won two Super Bowl rings. But you have to think, I mean, if you reverse the roles, if yes. Philip Rivers was in New York, Philip Rivers has at least two rings as well, right? 100%. And the Giants are probably better for a longer stretch. Like, Eli was pretty bad towards the end. And Philip Rivers is, was pretty good this year. And Eli's been out of the league for a while. So... Exactly. I think if if he goes to Pittsburgh instead of Big Ben, if he goes to New York, both those franchises have good ownership. And Eli, yes, he played well in the in the Super Bowl and had a little stretch there, but it was the defense and Strahan and Yumanyora and all those guys that were the ones that really led it. And same thing with the Steelers. When Big Ben won his first one, it's because their defense was amazing and Big Ben just didn't screw it up. Phillip just had Bad luck, and yes, some of it was on him throughout his career through some late-game interceptions, but he also would be down and, and would get him back in it because he would just have no fear. He would sling it. He didn't care about 
personal stats or how any of it would look. He would just do whatever it took to try and make a play to win a ball game. And he had more passion and competitiveness than we've seen from probably any quarterback that isn't associated with winning. I think with like a Tom Brady and, and players that win and have success, you're like, oh man, they were so competitive. They were so fiery. And you don't often think about that with players that don't. Right. Just because that's just something that we do in sports, even though it's stupid, because there could be people that aren't as good that are more competitive than those that win. And I and I think Phillip is right up there as far as the most competitive guys. And the other thing, lastly about it, for me, when you hear his teammates and opposing players talk about him, everyone loved him as a teammate loved it. and said he was just so awesome. And the other ones will talk about how like how smart he was. Like J.J. Watt said that like, they they broke the huddle and their linebacker lined up in the in the wrong spot, and and Philip called it out like during the play. He's like, "What you're are you doing the over spot. there? Like, you need to be there when you're gonna blitz." <laughs> yeah, and he was just like, he's like one of the smartest guys that you know he's ever gone up against. And then also he like he you know he thanked like the opposing defenses and the refs in his like goodbye. Like, I don't know, he's just an awesome guy, and you know people make uh, all the kids and dad jokes, and that'll be and he'll be kind of known for that in the late game picks, but. He'll, uh, he'll go down as just a, an awesome uh, guy to watch that gave me a lot of joy on Sundays. We're going to circle back around to this. It is Nuanas now, 102.9 ESPN, Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. Coulter Nuanas here, Sean Rainey there. Text from a listener. Was listening to the podcast yesterday, heard Coulter bring up a point I've asked about before. Might be a good talking point with Sean on the show, since you guys are both LeBron fans. Jordan's greatness created a lens through which we will view every other basketball great for the rest of time. That is why no one will ever agree on the LeBron versus Jordan GOAT debate. How would the legacies of Jordan and LeBron be different if they came in in opposite order, in opposite time? Not LeBron in the 90s, not Jordan in today's game, but their exact careers in the opposite order. And it's a good question. I think that that's exactly what we're saying with Philip Rivers. I think that have – have you seen the, the Netflix docuseries called Losers? Mm-mm. It's all about people that are um, basically pinned as quote-unquote losers because they failed in the biggest moment, and it completely demeans the rest of their careers. Like, the first episode's about this guy who, I can't remember his name, but he was a heavyweight championship-caliber boxer. But he lost fights to Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, and Riddick Bowe. Each one of those fights would have earned him a shot at the title. So the guy was knocking on the door of being one of the two best heavyweight boxers in the world, but he just lost the fight. And so he's considered this guy who lost his chance to win the heavyweight title three times in a row. But it's like he got to the point where he was yeah. knocking on the door of a heavyweight championship. It's the same thing. We, we and I have talked about this with the NBA, too, where to say that a guy like Steve Nash is a loser because he only got to the conference finals a couple times or Chris Paul is a loser. I mean, Chris Paul has dragged some terrible teams into the playoffs and won playoff series. And just because he hasn't won at the absolute highest level, it's the same thing with Philip Rivers. I mean, he made, he made the playoffs seven times in his 14 years as the starter, had winning records 10 times. To say he's a loser is just incorrect. So we'll circle back around to this in the second hour after we get done with the ESPN Roundtable because I do think it's a good discussion. Okay, I got a couple rapid fires for you. Number one, the news of the week last week, we kind of all saw it coming, but we finally got confirmation that the Montana schools will not play in the Big Sky championship portion of the spring football season. Instead, they are going to play two games to be determined 
both athletic directors, Kent Haslam and Leon Costello, both said it will not be against each other. We will not have Kakaris. I'm hearing that it's going to be kind of either non-Division One opponents or out-of-conference opponents, either Missouri Valley or you know maybe Frontier Conference. Regardless, just your reaction to uh, the Cats and the Grizz not played in the spring. I mean, obviously, it's a bummer for fans. It's a bummer for us. It should, I mean, it certainly would have been cool to have it. Um, but, I mean, the there were so many things that just weren't working in favor of it happening. Literally nothing was working and in favor of it happening. And all of those just outweighed the positive of playing. And I do think, you know, look, both universities had this very planned up approach of how they're going about it. But I do believe that if we were in a different place in the pandemic and we were f- full crowds ago, we'd be playing in the spring. For sure. If they could generate revenue off of it, they, yeah. would, they would be doing All it. All the, the player safety stuff is true. As it far is as true. And it was going to be a really hard task to get guys ready. Yeah, but, but they would have figured made, out how to yeah, get them It would have made the hard task worth it if you're making money, you know, at the at bottom line. But you add in that where we're, we're not going to have full capacity. You add in the, you know, starting so early that they'd be going like right now. And then the short turnaround to the fall, you just add in everything else and it's just not worth it at this point. And um, I do think it's kind of cool that they can, they could play a couple games, but I do think it's going to be kind of underwhelming because I think it's going to be like, you know, they'll play like central Washington or something. Um, and they will be, you know, D two D three schools and they'll basically just be kind of glorified spring scrimmages kind of John if we're keeping score against another team it's a game that's what Bobby Houck reminded us of course typical coach Houck fashion yeah yeah. you have to admire the passion even though that's not what I was saying but you know (laughs) um, yeah I mean I asked the question like is it you know because in a normal situation now that we're kind of on a normal schedule per se right if you can play against two other opponents Instead of a scrimmage against yourself, like how different, how big of an advantage is that? Like, what can you learn as a team going against somebody else as opposed to a scrimmage against yourself? Um, I think that's kind of interesting, and I think that'll be that'll be kind of you know a fun little mix up to a to spring ball and and being able to play against a couple other squads, and we'll get to at least see. There'll be a lot of question marks if we went all the way to the fall, as far as like. Who's playing where? Like who's getting minutes? Like there's a lot of we, we have tra- a lot of new faces and transfers and young kids, and we'll get to see some of that and be able to have a little bit of an idea going into the fall of what things might look like. Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Sports Director, joining me in studio. Coulter Nuana's, in case you forgot. Lost Trail, go for the snow. Lost Trail has something for the whole family. Beginner runs to expert-only terrain. They offer the best value around. Terrain for every ability level, family-friendly and affordable. They're open Thursday through Sunday, 9.30 to 4 p.m. So go check out Lost Trail, Powder Mountain, anytime between Thursday and Sunday. It should be great snow. I know Ryan Tutel was up there last week, and he said it was epic. Okay, Sean, so the big news last week, which was actually not that big of news in this neck of the woods, I think the fact that it wasn't that big of news is very indicative of what everybody around this part of the Big Sky Conference thinks of this move. But Southern Utah officially leaving the league for the WAC. It'll be official by July of 2022. Southern Utah came into the league in 2012 when the Big Sky absorbed the Great West Conference, which also included North Dakota, who's no longer in the league. 
Cal Poly and UC Davis, and both of those schools were only as affiliate members. So basically now the only two full-time members from the Great West that were absorbed are now out of the league. So the experiment of Doug Fullerton's last uh, push to expand the Big Sky is officially over, and uh, you can't say unsuccessful, but uh, at a certain extent kind of pointless. But so you said, what did they bring to the league? Uh, the football team made the playoffs three times during their eight years in the league. They won the Big Sky Conference in 2015 and 2017. Ed Lamb was a great coach there, and he did a great job. Since he moved on, Southern Utah's draft, I mean, they struggled mightily in football. They've been really good in track and field, especially in the distance running events. They have been largely terrible in women's basketball, and they've been largely mediocre in men's basketball, except for when the tournament rolls around, and then they figure out a way to knock out the number two seed like they have each of the last two Big Sky tournaments, but just your thoughts on uh, Southern Utah leaving the league. Honestly, don't care. Won't be missed. No, won't be missed. Like, I, in a couple of years from now, we'll be like, oh, yeah, Southern Utah was in the Big Sky? Like, oh, that was weird. Like, This is where... It's it, just it, trimming, it, the, trimming the fat here. It, for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's, like, it's like when you have a girlfriend and you know that... Um, <laughs> you, that you don't have really a future, and but you both you both like each other, but you don't love each other, and you just decide, okay, we're just gonna be friends, and there's no animosity, and we're breaking up. I mean, I thought Southern Utah's press conference, their president and their athletic director both said we never had a rival in the Big Sky. There was no team that wanted to be our rival, and so what's the point of being in a conference where you don't have a rival? And so now they do have a rival because they're joining the whack with Dixie State. For anybody that's been to that neck of the woods. St. George, Utah, and Cedar City, Utah are, what, I mean, probably half an hour from each other. I mean, they're very close. So now they have a rival. And so I think it's the best for all parties. I don't think anybody from the Big Sky is going to miss going to Cedar City. It was among, if not the hardest trips in the league. It was among, if not the most boring trips in the league. And uh, I, I just think it's a better fit for Southern Utah. And I don't think anybody in the Big Sky really is going to miss them either. Yeah, and it, you know, like that that girlfriend that you had. Hopefully, you had some good times together, right. and that you had you know a few events that were fun. And right. that you're you know years from now, you're not going to really remember it. I I'll always remember that 2015 Southern Utah team because they did have three pros on that team: yeah. James Cowser, who broke Jared Allen's record for sacks and tackles for loss in a career FCS all-time records. And uh, LaShawn Sims, who got drafted by the Tennessee Titans and now plays for the Cincinnati Bengals. And Miles Killebrew, who starts for the Detroit Lions. That was a really talented well, the, the team. The quarterback played for the Chargers for a little bit. Right. Brad Sorensen. Yeah. The, the first, yeah, he yeah, was the quarterback the first time. Yeah. yeah. And then they got, and then, uh, I mean, they, yeah, had, but, but it, they had some good talent in football when Ed Lamb was there. It really kind of fell apart on them after Ed Lamb went back to BYU. Yeah. But I mean, like, sure, they're going to have a team pop up here and there that are going to be good. But, you know, let's, I, I think we, we could trim a few more teams, the big guys, to be honest. No question. I think that that's probably on the horizon. Okay. Smart Toure. Well, I know we've kind of talked about it on your show, but uh, SWX tonight, by the way, 1030 every single weeknight. Check it out uh, all around the state of Montana. It's a great one-stop shop for all your sporting news, whether it's college, prep, local sports, whatever you want. SWX tonight has got it. But Smart Toure, we talked about him leaving Montana, but we haven't talked about him landing at Nebraska. What do you think of the fit with the Huskers? Initially, when I heard Nebraska, I was like, huh, because you just don't really think of wide receivers and, you know, explosive offenses coming out of Nebraska. You know, you're like, oh, yeah, he's going to go to a situation where he's going to get a ton of targets. And, I mean, and he might there in Nebraska, but it just wasn't a school where you're like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But I, I think in talking with, you know, some friends of his and – things like that. I just got the sense that he just wanted to go somewhere that he would have more exposure against bigger competition and that he could show 
you know, scouts that he can play at the next level. Um, it's just interesting. I, I think a lot of the the, the kids, and I, I, Samori obviously was a tremendous player, um, maybe even more uh, a tremendous kid. Um, he's a great dude. Wish him nothing but the best. And, you know, I think these players should be allowed to go and do, and you know, whatever is best for them and their future. Go and do it. Um, but I think we're at the stage where I think people are going to find you no matter where you're at. And so I don't necessarily know if the move was needed, but Hey, um, well, hopefully it, it all works out for him and, uh, you know, he could kill it up there. And I know they're talking about like all the fans and, uh, getting some more exposure and hopefully that helps his draft stock and that, you know, he, he has a great NFL career. It'd be awesome if he could, if he could bust through, but I, I don't know, necessarily know if it was needed to be honest. Totally agree. I totally agree. It's going to come down to how he runs. Nuan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide SWX Montana Television. Sean Rainey, sports director from SWX, joining me. Coulter Nuan is right here in studio. We're going to save this next one for the for uh, five o'clock hour because my the interview with Xavier Bishop. I talked to him earlier this week, so I, I know that we're going to have a little extra time in the five o'clock hour. So we'll save James Harden in his fat suit for a little while uh, from now. One more question here, and then we got to get out because we do have our orienteering experts, Boris Ragnoski and Allison Brown. They, uh, I saw them just walk in, so they'll be here in, uh, up in about eight minutes. Uh, but Alex German, Missoula Sentinel, he signed with the Cats. He's tearing it up early on in his senior year. He's about a six foot seven wing player. can shoot the three. He can create his own shot. And uh, he's had two 37-point games in just four games already. We had... Jason Mackey, the new Sentinel Boys basketball coach on the show last Wednesday, and he talked highly of Jimmer. What, what's your overall scout of Jimmer? You're, you've seen him play live. I haven't yet seen the young man play live. Uh, he's super talented. Uh, you know, I've played with him, too. Um, and he's he grew a couple inches um, this over the offseason. Um, like you mentioned, uh, tall. He can handle it, dribble, distribute, shoot. He's improving on working you know, scoring inside and through contact. I think that was kind of the the knock early on was maybe like the, you know, toughness and, and playing through contact. But he's gotten a lot stronger, um, good rebounder. I think he's going to be a tremendous fit at Montana State, to be honest. Like, I think the way that they, they like to play, yep. with him being able to stretch the floor yep. at, w- with size, like, I think that's a, a good fit for him. Um you know, it's always, you know, you're like, oh, wow, his dad coaches at Montana. Like, you're maybe surprised, like, the Grizz didn't offer him and stuff. But I think the fit-wise, I think it's it's better for Montana State and better for him for sure. going to Montana State. Um, but the kid's got a – I mean, he's got a ton of skills. And when he's – when him and Tony Froelich-Fair, when they knock down a couple jumpers, like, look out because you'll see what he, he's done already this year. And that's, you know, get close to 40 points a few times. Going to be fascinating to see. How Sentinel does moving forward, they're they're super talented. I don't think the class double A landscape is all that great this year. Yeah. Um they should be the favorite, right? Yeah. I mean they're I, I think they're the favorite. I think Great Falls is pretty solid. Um on the east, there's a handful of good teams, but they're they've all kind of been beating up on each other a little bit. And I don't know, there's just not as many like really, really good teams in in double A this year. So Sentinels looking pretty good, but Germer definitely um very, very talented, um, an elite scorer, and has gotten a lot better 
I think as at a lot of the intangible things from a junior to a senior, the things like you know being a leader and uh, all the things that aren't necessarily about put the ball in the basket um, as a senior. So it'll be interesting to see you know how how he does and how Sentinel does as the year goes on. What is orienteering? We're gonna tell you because we got a couple experts right after this. It is Nuanas now. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Special January promo going on by the Wingate by Wyndham right now as well. If you stay two nights in January of 2021, you get a free growler and a fill card for Big Sky Brewing. Big Sky Brewing just right across the way from the Wingate. So if you book, all you got to do is book through the hotel directly. Google Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula, limited to one free beaker per customer, but stay two nights, January 2021, free growler and fill card from Big Sky Brewing, and tell them Nuana's Now sent you. Welcome back. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television. Sean Rainey, SWX Sports Director, joining me in studio. And we're going to learn about a little something that maybe a lot of y'all don't know about. We're going to learn about orienteering. We have Boris Gronofsky and Allison Brown from Grizzly Orienteering here joining us. Guys, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having us. So I have to tell you my orienteering story first and foremost. At Big Sky High School, we did an orienteering unit and freshman year of high school, Mr. Peggle, who was a uh, old military guy, one of the most hard-nosed teachers I ever had, basically you had to find your way back to the bus if you wanted to ride the bus back to the high school. And uh, if you didn't, you're up Blue Mountain, and uh, he'll come get you someday, but uh, not right away. So I, I was uh, lost in Blue Mountain for about an hour because I, uh, I, must, I must have missed a checkpoint. But Boris, we'll start with you. Just tell people just overall, just a general overview of what is orienteering. Absolutely. Um, orienteering is a sport that involves uh, map-based navigation around really any sort of terrain, typically in the forest or can be, you know, a field or even uh, a city or, uh, or, or a golf course. Um, it involves essentially following um, a ser- or trying to find a series of several checkpoints using uh, just your map and perhaps your compass to, to find the way. It can be done as a competitive activity where people uh, uh, run at full speed while trying to read the map, or it can be done kind of as a, 
uh, just as a, a leisure time um, activity, as a hike or a stroll in the woods. So people in Missoula, obviously, Allison, love to be outside. There's all sorts of great hikes. There's all sorts of great places to be. What's the biggest difference, though, between orienteering and just going up Blue Mountain and you know, running around with the docks? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the one of the coolest things about orienteering is that you get to learn the um, the landscape by being out in it. So you're not staying on trail all the time. You know, when we have a, a map that is pretty darn um, detailed, and you can see these black lines there. Uh, those are all the trails that that are in Blue. And this this map is actually of Blue Mountain itself. And so while most people, while they go on their hikes, stay on trail, they look at the, the wildflowers, it's beautiful, they, they say hello to their friends, we actually get to go off trail and, um, and see things from a very different perspective. Tell us a little more about Grizzly Orienteering then, because this, this is a, a sort of club, right, that people can join, learn more about orienteering. What I'm getting from this is it is a sort of sport, right? I mean, this is, it's not just an activity, there's a competitive element to this, right? That's absolutely right. So... Uh, Grizzly Orienteering is an is an orienteering club that we started back in just this 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 last uh, October because we've been into Orient and Boris has orienteered since he was nine years old and we um, have been orienteering around the the globe for for the last ten years together and um, but we've never had one in Montana. There's no other orienteering club in Montana. So when we uh, decided to take up some roots here, we decided that it was a really good, not only place because of the, the type of landscape and topography, but also because of the type of person that lives in Missoula. People like to be outside, you know, especially in this pandemic life, it's really nice to have very COVID friendly activities. And this is one, because as soon as you leave that central check-in point, you're out by yourself. Um, you can be with your own with your group, but uh, but you don't have to be seeing anyone. You don't have to be in close proximity to anyone. So, to be honest, I have never even heard of orienteering until Coulter brought it up, saying we're going to be talking about it on the show <laughs> about thirty minutes ago. Um, so, for the club, like, do you all meet and then we'll have like a competition all at once, or does everybody go off at different times and explore different things? Like, who makes the checkpoints? Like, how does it work? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a great question. Uh, so at every event that we host, we have a variety of courses kind of for different uh, difficulty levels, starting with beginners. So beginners, if you've never done it before, you might want to do a course that mainly sticks to the trails. And then as you get more comfortable with that, with navigation, with finding your own route, you get more challenging courses that take you off trails and completely cross country bushwhacking style. Um, when you come to an event, because of COVID precautions, we, we have uh, pre-registration only. So folks have to sign up ahead of time and they sign up for a time slot. So they come to, they, they show up at that, uh, at their assigned time slot. And if they're a beginner, they can get beginner instruction from our trained volunteers. And then they, they're handed a map, or maybe a compass if they need to borrow one. And then they head out on their course at a, at a, at a designated start time. So it's uh, interval starts kind of like in, uh, in say cross country ski racing, um, as opposed to everyone going off at once. And so, because people are starting at different times, you're not really just following somebody. You really are kind of picking your own way and choosing your routes through the terrain. So how do you know? So you start at a place and then you like you have this map and you got all these circles with numbers on it. So you just will start at one and then go to two or et cetera. And then how do you know, like when you get to the right spot? These, these might sound like really simple, dumb questions, <laughs> but I, I, I just don't really understand it that, that well. So yeah, absolutely. And I think so, there's probably a lot of people that don't. 
So on, on these maps, we have um, a designated course. So you start at the triangle. You go from the triangle to, to number one that's in a circle, number two, number three. And at number one, there's going to be a flag that looks like this. Hmm. And when you find that flag, you know you're there. Um, in non-COVID times or if we get, you know, and when we get grizzly orienteering going a little bit more, we'll have the technology to really do some more um, sophisticated timekeeping and punching and and showing that we get to each one. But um, for now, there's, there's still this flag so that you know you're in the exact right spot, which is so important um, because... If you're navigating to the next one, you want to know that you you want to know where on the you are on the map to begin with. Boris Garkowski, as, as well as Allison Brown, joining us right here on Nuwana's now talking grizzly orienteering. It's a great sport. Sounds like a great way to be outside. Boris, are you the one? To, are you guys the ones determining like the course? I mean, do the do the, the checkpoints, so to speak, change? Is it kind of like golf where the pin placements change, or how does that part work? I think that's a pretty good analogy. Basically, any event you come out to, you're going to have different courses than what you've seen before. Um, so far, we've really only had events at three venues. We had uh, Paddy Canyon, we had Blue Mountain, and this past weekend and this upcoming weekend, we had an event at the, the Ranch Club as part of their uh, winter break. Um, essentially, so far for the club, we've done all the work ourselves. We've uh, uh, done, we've done, we've made the maps based on uh, some uh, laser imaging data with the help of some friends, and then. We design the courses ourselves by first looking on paper from our experience, thinking what is going to be an interesting, a challenging, um, you know, challenging course. What sorts of features might be fun, fun for folks to find, and then we go out and we we vet the locations and terrain ourselves, placing the the flags. The hope is, as Grizzly Orienteering grows and we grow our volunteer base, we're going to train other folks to be able to design courses and and host events themselves. How uh, two questions for me? One, how long does a typical full you know time last as far as you know if you're doing a, a whole map and then for the nuances when you get into like the competition I, I imagine it's how much of it is just you know you're trying to maybe map out you know different strategies as far as I don't want to go through you know a, a giant over, over a giant hill or through a bunch of bushes over here so I got to go along here and and what is that like with with your club and and having some of that competition so far um, yeah, absolutely. So um, again, really good question. So just to kind of you know, start with your with your second question, the, the competitive aspect. Um, there are different. There's different different formats of the event at the, especially at an international level. So the shortest events might take uh, you know 15 minutes. The longest ones typically take on the order of a couple of hours. But it's it's usually not like an, an all day activity. So it's more comparable to a long cross country race in terms of in terms of kind of the physical exertion. Um, and then in terms of kind of the strategy, what you're doing as you're racing, you're absolutely right. You are, you know, at the top levels especially, you are running and reading the map simultaneously. So you're trying to trying to constantly be thinking and optimizing your route and deciding, you know, uh, am I going to take a trail all the way around or am I going to go straight through terrain over this hill? What is going to be better? What will suit my strengths better? And also what is going to be what is going to make it easier for me to find the checkpoint without uh, losing time along the way? Um, and that's one of the one of the aspects that I absolutely love about the sport. It's this mix of physical and mental exertion at the same time where um, you, you're pushing yourself physically, but uh, you really can't go past a certain limit where your brain stops uh, being able to think because then you get lost and uh, lose tons of time. Boris Granovsky, Allison Brown, joining us in the studio, Grizzly Orienteering. 
And the Ranch Club, the, the second weekend of the Winterfest is going on this weekend, right? So you can go check that out. They kind of split it up. It used to be a one-day big event, and there were so many people. We used to do our remote down there every year, but obviously times are different at right now. Hopefully next year we can get back to being all together. Um, but, Boris, you said you've been doing this since you were a little kid, so tell me this. Can anybody in Missoula beat you at Orienteer? You have to be, like, the number one seed, right? Uh, another another good question, you know. <laughs> Uh, I, I did not expect this one. I think right, I think right now the answer is probably not. Uh, but the hope is uh, that uh, as we develop uh, grizzly orienteering, um, you know, more and uh, and when we grow the club, we're going to get some top level athletes who are going to be able to take me down. And already from our first couple of events, uh, we've had a couple of uh, you know newcomers who had never tried the sport before who are completing uh, advanced level courses at a, at a very high level. And I'll- just to just to kind of. Not to my own horn, you know. Nationwide, there's plenty of people who can kick my butt. <laughs> sure. What what when you talk about the athleticism part of this, though, what sort of thing, what sort of athletic traits go into that? I mean, physical conditioning, obviously. What makes you a good orienteerer, though? Uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a mix of uh, being a good long distance runner with uh, with physical strength and kind of mental agility. Um, so. You know they've done they've done experiments where they've placed kind of top level marathon runners um, and had them basically follow a world class orienteer around the woods and the marathoner couldn't keep up because uh, you know it's a very different motion you have to jump over logs or duck under bushes and things like that so there really is a an extra strength and balance component that goes into it beyond just sort of plain running and of course as I said at the same time you have to be kind of thinking constantly and planning ahead as you go so there's uh, a, a number of skills go into it beyond just running or just uh, being able to get through terrain. If someone's listening right now and they're like, oh, this, I want to kind of try this. This sounds cool. Like how, what, what are some events coming up? How could they get involved? And then is there, is there like an age limit? Like, is this, can this be a, like a family thing as well? Cause I know like I have a couple young kids, like what's, what's kind of, is there like an age cutoff that would probably be more appropriate? Sean's planning his weekend right now. He's going to try, he's going he's to go get lost <laughs> yeah, in the woods with his kids. Coming out to the ranch club this weekend. Anyone that can come in and orient here, um, we, um, we're planning to have events about monthly at this point, again, until we get more of that, um, that volunteer base. We have a really good core group of volunteers who are excited to help us put on events, but at this point, about once a month is, is what we can handle. And about the age range, this last weekend, my three-year-old daughter and my 73-year-old stepfather both went out on the courses and enjoyed it. And um, and then at the same time, we had a couple of higher level, um, you know, competitive people come out. It is really a family sport. It is really a sport that you can do for your entire life. As long as you can go for a hike, you can come and orienteer. And so, um, you know, we've been having our our daughter do it since she was, you know, in the in the backpack. And so now anytime she sees one of these flags, she says beep because that's the sound that the little chip makes when mm. we're when we're doing the electronic timing. And it just it's something that 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 the kids like. Additionally, my eleven year old niece has been to every one of the orienteering events here since we've started and she is getting really good, able to use the map, able to use the compass, and she's she's really enjoying it. So just all ages really can enjoy it. Count count me in. I have a six-year-old and an almost four-year-old, and so um, I've taken them on like the, the up to blue, and we've gone falfing and stuff together. So let's. Uh, this this sounds great. Well, this is a good life yeah. skill, too. So to be a part of Grizzly Orienteer, is there a cost, or how does this work? <laughs> We're still working on that. <laughs> so to start things off, we we hosted the entire first season uh, free of charge, so Sweet. anyone could show up, and uh, you know we don't charge them anything. Uh, we need to figure out some kind of pricing model going forward, just to be able to keep putting on events. But the guarantee that we have is that your first event is always free. 
Very cool. And the other part is that we are going to make it um, affordable for everyone. To get involved, if you want to get involved as, as, as a volunteer or learn more information, where, how can people get in contact with you guys or, or just learn more about uh, Grizzly Orienteering in general? Sort of, again, because we're just kind of going, we have one of those free websites, and so the website itself is a little bit hard to remember. But just if you Google Grizzly Orienteering. Easy. Yep. That's all you need to know anyways, right? Just the name of the thing, because everybody's just going to Google it anyways, yeah. right? Or email grizzorienteering at gmail.com. Well, guys, this has been awesome. This is I think that you nailed it in terms of uh, the demographic, because I think that people in Missoula, this is like right up there. I give them a challenge where they can be outside and get some fitness in as well. That's about as good as it gets. Boris Gronofsky and Allison Brown, Grizzly Orienteering. Thanks so much for being here, guys. This is awesome. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you very much for having us. It was a lot of fun. Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television. Rob Henthorne, he's the head coach of the Missoula Hellgate Girls, number one team in Class AA. He'll be joining us next. 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Welcome back. Nuana is now. 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television, the only daily sports talk show in the entire state of Montana. I think that means we're number one, right? Because we're the only one. Absolutely. I, I mean, yeah. But thank you, everybody that listens. We we do appreciate it. And every time the ratings come back, they're always great. And so <laughs> thank you for always telling us and telling telling the peoples all about uh, that you listen to Nuanas now. That's all you got to remember is just Nuanas. Tell them that's what you listen to. Or Rainy, whatever. ESPN. That's the easiest way to remember it. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana joining me in studio. And uh, in a moment, we're going to have the head coach of the number one ranked Missoula Hellgate girls basketball team, Rob Henthorne. And right now, it's pretty cool. Uh, a lot of good hoops teams in Missoula. Missoula Sentinel is undefeated on the boys' side. They're number one. Hellgate boys haven't lost in a long time because they went undefeated last year, and they are still piecing together. Well, they, they lost. Oh, did, to, they, did they lose? Their winning streak ended. They okay. lost to Flathead. Yeah. They did. They, okay, were down, they were down 15 going into the fourth quarter and made a, a big comeback and uh, fell by two points. So their 25-game win streak ended. This year, so. and I think they had something like a thirty-six or thirty-seven yeah. game regular season winning streak, as well. Uh, so they're impressive. So one and two, though, uh, at least in the last poll yep. on the boys' side, and then the Missoula Hellgate girls are, are number one on the girls' side. You've you've covered this team quite a bit. I know you know Coach Henthorne uh, decently well. I mean, w- what does Hellgate do well? I mean, last year they had a great year where. They kind of came out of nowhere with a bunch of sophomores, and they made it all the way to the the uh, third, fourth place game at the Class AA state tournament. So, what did they do well last year? Well, first off, it's just crazy to think when it wasn't that long ago that Hellgate won like you know two games in like a three year stretch or whatever it was. Like Hellgate basketball on the girls' side used to be the worst program in the state for a long, long time. So. For them to now get to be number one, and it hasn't been that long, it's it's pretty cool. And 
They've always just needed a coach that could get there and stay for a while because they've had all these coaches that they get there and they're like, I'm going to change it around. And they go for a year or two and then it's a new coach and you're cycling through. So they just needed someone to go in there and stabilize the program and get it to the spot. And and Rob Henthorne and Brady Henthorne, his son, who is a great player for the Hellgate Knights, um, as well, you know, when we get Rob on the phone, we'll we'll tell him because it's really is Brady's doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Here. Okay, Rob, Rob's okay, just okay. you know the organizer gets it all set up, and then he just kind of kicks back a little bit and lets Brady go to work and, and implement a lot of the the you know the coaching and philosophies that they like to do. But they are they are talented. I mean, that's the biggest thing. They are talented across the board, and all of these girls have been playing together since they were uh, really really young. Do we have Coach Henthorne? Great. We go now to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line, and it's time for our Garden City Spotlight, sponsored by Oral Surgical Associates of Missoula. We welcome in Rob Henthorne, the head coach for the Missoula Hellgate Girls basketball team. Coach, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. I know you've met Sean in person before. I know it's a little weird meeting me via the phone line, but we appreciate you taking some time today. How you doing? Hey, it's my pleasure. I'm just on my way to practice, so sorry for the missed calls. Oh, he he it's heard that good. he heard that I was going to be on the radio, and so he didn't want to want to hop on. That's why. I and I and I heard the comment that Brady's doing all the work. That's oh, what yeah. I like. That's what, <laughs> that's what a dad does to their son. Yeah, and he wants right? and he wants him doing all the interviews too. Every time I go to practice and I'm doing a season preview, I'm like, all right, Rob, we got to talk about. It. He's like, no, I don't want to talk. Put Brady on. I was like, well, you got to do do a no, little bit. You know? uh, I'm here. I'm here. Ask me all the questions, and I hope to have some of the answers. Well, Coach, let's start with the most recent. You guys had a great comeback uh, over the weekend, down 14 and went on a nice run uh, to close the game out to pull out a 50-49 to win over Kalispell Glacier. Addie Hafey had th- hit three, three, three of her four three-pointers during the f- spurt. She had 14 points. So just take us through what, what sparked the comeback. How are you guys were able to rally from a pretty significant fourth-quarter deficit to remain undefeated? Well, I, I think it's the, the team component. Um, you're right. Addie did hit a three, then she hit another three. It, it's amazing how every practice, every timeout, every game we talk about, it's a game of runs. Um, Coach Hayes refers to it. And we got the momentum going, and we made a couple critical shots. We played pretty good defense. We had three really, really good defensive rebounds in a time of need. And we were actually pretty fortunate to come out on top. Rob, I know you like to kind of deflect a lot of praise and and not take a lot of credit, but there was a lot of you know coaches before you that tried to that new coaches trying to come in and, and fix the program and turn it around and, and weren't able to do that. You're able to come in, really stabilize it, and now you're having all this success. What has been the key in in turning the program around? Because it's not an easy thing to do, and you you guys have done a, a tremendous job. You know, it's 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 funny because as I was going to do this interview, you know, you do a lot of reflecting back, and I'm thinking, I wish, and I want, it's kind of kudos to all the high school coaches in Montana and throughout the United States. It takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of energy, it takes a lot of effort. Um, I attribute our success to having a program where we focus on the positives, we we reinforce the girls for hard work, and um, we're not usually yelling and screaming, putting up a big fit, and we spend a lot of time outside of practice preparing 
for practice and for games. Rob Henthorne joining us for the Garden City Spotlight, a once-a-week look at high school hoops from around the Garden City right here in the city of Missoula. He's the head coach for the Missoula Hellgate girls basketball team. And, Coach, you guys had such a great run at the state tournament last year to get yourself a trophy, and I know you had such a young roster. How much did that influence the mentality coming into this season? I mean, were you able to take some of those positives, like you say, and emphasize those and say, hey, this is what it takes to make a run in the state tournament? And how much does it influence your players and their preparation and just their hunger to, to chase uh, maybe even a, even a loftier goal this year? Well, so to go back a little bit, so when the girls were freshmen, we took third at state. And then last year we went to state and we made it to the semifinal and got beat by Capitol. And then, of course, COVID shut it down. And so what we've kind of done is we've, we've been building on those successes, but also we have young ladies that are now juniors, and they have played the game a lot, and they love the game. And so now we have higher expectations. Um, we have something new going in this week. Uh, it just never ends in the game of basketball. And so our philosophy is, we're going to teach them everything they can learn in high school. So if they want to go to the next level, it's going to make it that much more easy. Coach, you can, you know, kind of give all the coach speak you want and about improving, and we don't hear the outside noise and all that. But when you get ranked number one and you do have those high expectations that you talked about, I think there's always just an inherent feeling of, of pressure that kind of comes with that. Um, what has that been like for your squad, especially as they, you know, go from being all freshmen, to all sophomores, to a lot of them now um, finally getting to kind of upperclassmen and more experience and, and things are expected of you from the outside as is not, and not just internally. So what has it been like kind of handling that from going from more of an underdog role to now being the hunted? Well, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. You know, it's, it's interesting because we told the girls from the beginning of the season that every team is going to come after Hellgate. And every team, that means that we have to prepare for every game like it's our last game. And so it, it's interesting because you're exactly right. No matter if you win or you lose, you always have the outside folks that like to share their thoughts and share their concerns and share their worries. You know, the bottom line is, is we're here for the girls, and that's why I don't like to interview very often. That's why I always like to have Brady. It's because it's not about me. If it were about me, I would have a different profession. Rob Henthorne joining us, Missoula Hellgate girls basketball coach. And, Coach, what do you hope the identity of this team is? I mean, what have you liked that it maybe is starting to define your identity three games in, and, and what do you hope uh, that it continues to evolve into? You know, that's 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 another really good point. Um, the first couple of years, we were just trying to get the ball in the hole. Um, this year, we really are trying to focus on the defensive side. Um, we know that defense, as they say, makes a big difference in the game of basketball. And so we are doing full court pressure defense from the time the whistle blows until the time the game ends. And if we don't do a very good job, then we've got to practice it harder that week. we get you out of here on this. I know that everything's kind of in flux, so I haven't been able to actually locate a schedule that has any real updates on it. So when does Missoula Hellgate take the court again next, and what's the prospect, what's the scout of your next opponent? So we're going to play Butte High in Missoula on Friday, 
and Butte is young. They like to run the court, and they have a couple of nice-looking down, I should, good-sized posts. Uh, Bob Olson's daughter is on one of those teams, and brothers coming here to play for the lady or for the Grizz football team, and so we got to stop them. Next week we play Big Sky at Big Sky, and then we have our crosstown rivalry against Sentinel at home the following Thursday. So lots of hard work left. Rob, last one for me. Um, for those that don't know, uh, you also coach you know, golf as well. So are you a better basketball coach or a better golf coach? Oh, that's a real – you know what, Sean? That's I know a really which one's easier. I'm but... going to say <laughs> I, I'm a season-by-season season coach. How's that? That's oh, that's 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 a very good coach speak answer. There, you, you know, you, you, you've got it down. <laughs> I, I I love both sports. I you know, on my truck that I drive around, it says "Live to Golf," but in my kitchen in the basket or in my kitchen at home, it says "All meals will be shared at the basketball table." <laughs> gotta love it. He's Rob Henthorne, Missoula Hellgate girls basketball coach. Coach. We appreciate the time today. Best of luck at practice tonight. Best of luck with the rest of the season. You're welcome back anytime. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, Rob. It is our Garden City Spotlight each Wednesday, highlighting different players and coaches from around the Garden City, focusing mostly on hoops, but we'll get into some wrestling this year as well. Presented by Oral Surgical Associates of Missoula. Are you looking for an oral surgeon in Missoula who offers compassionate care, advanced technology, and comprehensive treatment? Then Dr. Gene Morris at Oral Surgical Associates is the doctor for you. Dr. Morris provides a full range of care, including implants, emergency surgeries, and wisdom teeth removal. I didn't have a tooth for a while. He fixed me up nice and good. I got a I got a new implant. You never even know which one it is. Dr. Morris and his staff, they use advanced imaging technology for more accurate diagnosis and effective treatments while also using innovative techniques to treat a wide range of problems. To benefit from this outstanding level of care, schedule an appointment with Dr. Gene Morris at Oral Surgical Associates today. For more information, go to Oral Surgical Associates.com. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you hot. Xavier Bishop, he's won Big Sky Conference Player of the Week twice already during his senior year at Montana State. He's a senior point guard. He's only about 5'7", 150, but there'll be no surprise when he tells you who his favorite player was growing up. Xavier Bishop on the ESPN Roundtable right here on Nuanas Now right after this. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 